Stepping off the plane, I breathed a sigh of relief as the cold air hit my face. I hated flying, and I never truly relaxed until my feet were back on solid ground. Glad to be home? asked my boyfriend Graham, squeezing my hand. Not really, I smiled. We just spent a blissful week in Turkey. It had been years since I'd had a holiday where I'd totally switched off. I hadn't been abroad for a long time, but Graham had found a bargain last-minute break, and it was exactly what I needed to recharge my batteries. I was currently in between placements, something that very rarely happened. My last foster child, eight-year-old Tom, had gone back to live with his father, and with no new children on the horizon or any booked in for respite care, I decided to take advantage of this quiet patch. The week had gone so quickly, and now, on this chilly spring day, we were back on British soil. As we queued up at passport control, I pulled my cardigan around my shoulders. Oof, it's a bit nippier here than in Turkey, I shivered. We got through immigration quickly, and as we waited for our cases at the baggage reclaim, I finally turned my phone back on. As soon as it flickered into life, it began to beep and vibrate in my hand. I looked at the screen, and my heart sank. Seven missed calls, I gasped. They were all from the same number. It was my supervising social worker Becky from the fostering agency that I worked for. Welcome back to reality, Graham smiled sympathetically. It's Becky, I told him. I'd better ring her back as it must be important. Of course, he nodded. I'll get the cases. Thanks, lovey, I replied. I'd been dating Graham, a physiotherapist in his forties, for years. I'd made it clear when I first met him that my fostering work always came first. He knew that, unlike a normal job, it was 24-7. On the whole, he was very understanding, although I could tell he got fed up sometimes when I had a new child in or had a particularly challenging placement that meant I couldn't see him for weeks on end. But generally, our low-key relationship suited both of us. We enjoyed each other's company, and it was nice to meet up and go out for lunch or for a walk when we could. I went over to a quiet corner and dialed Becky's number. At last! she exclaimed. I've been trying to get hold of you all morning. Are you OK, Maggie? I'm so sorry, I told her apologetically. I've only just got off the plane. Ah, I must have got my dates mixed up, she sighed. I thought you were due back yesterday. Well, we were supposed to be, I replied. I explained how our original flight had been grounded due to a mechanical fault. We'd had to spend the night at a hotel near the airport, as there wasn't another flight until today. Is everything okay? I asked her. I was ringing to talk to you about an emergency placement, said Becky, but don't worry, I didn't realise that you just got back. It's fine, I reassured her. You didn't know that we'd been delayed? What is it? Becky explained that social services had three children that urgently needed a foster carer. All I know is that there are two girls and a boy, and they've come into the care system very suddenly, she told me. Sorry to be so vague, but you know how it is, Maggie. Their social worker Alex is at court now, waiting for them to issue an EPO. An EPO is an emergency protection order, 
and it was used by social services to take a child into care who they felt was at immediate risk. Don't worry, I'll try someone else, she added. It doesn't feel fair asking you to take them if you haven't even got home yet. Honestly, it doesn't matter, I told her. Graham's just collecting the cases, so, all being well, I should be back within the hour. I'd be happy to take them. I couldn't turn my back on three children in need just because I hadn't done my unpacking. Plus, I knew it was always hard to find someone with enough space to take on a larger sibling group. I hated the idea of them having to be split up and sent to different foster carers on top of the trauma of being taken into care.